Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Amen and amen. What a wonderful presence of the Lord that we feel. It just goes to stand, or it goes to say that the scripture cliche or the scripture truth is right. If we draw nigh unto him, he'll draw nigh unto us. And one of the best ways we can do that is just give him praise, give him glory in Jesus' name. And that's what you've been doing. I appreciate that. There's a beautiful, beautiful spirit of the Lord in this place. Anything can happen. Come on, I'm telling you anything. What is now looking impossible to you is a piece of cake for God. Now, come on. The thing that we have a problem with is how is he going to do it? How's he going to do it? Praise God. Well, let's not, let's put that one way, way, way back in the back burner, and let's just believe he's going to. Now, come on, if you have needs right now, go ahead and lift up your hands. Present them to God. Don't be afraid to do that. Come on, he can do anything. The Bible says that. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for your power. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. I'm telling you, there's nobody like him. Amen. He is all-powerful. Amen. He's everywhere at the same time. He's omniscient, which means that he knows everything. He's omnipotent because he can do all things. Come on, that's the God that we serve. Let's have faith in him. Let's demonstrate our faith by just giving it to him, giving him glory. No matter how you want to do it, God, we're going to trust you in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, there's nothing like him. Never will be. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. You can go ahead and go down clapping. You can be seated. You can be seated. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a wonderful, wonderful idea God had, you know, inventing church services. Amen. Isn't that neat how he did that? And throughout history, you know, he's, he's chose different ways to do it, different approaches. But, you know, in this day, in this latter time that we're living in, the, in the age of grace and the church age, as theologians would put it, he's, he said, fail not to assemble yourself as the manner of some is. And, of course, we understand that we get a lot of our cues from the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is full of praise and worship. It's full of people getting the Holy Ghost. It's, it's full of people uh, being healed and delivered in Jesus' name. And so we can expect the same thing in Jesus' name. And again, I'm just glad that you're here. As Brother Fissner said tonight, um, we won't be having services in here, I mean, from the standpoint of uh, collective services. The ladies and the youth have the night off. We men are going to come together, and I just want to encourage you tonight um, to come and, and join with us in prayer. That just sets such a tone, praise God, it really does. And so if you can come tonight early, um, actually we're starting the meeting at 5.30 on purpose here in the sanctuary, we're going to be praying here and um, uh, together, and then we're going to go to the back after this, got a wonderful book that we're, we're viewing, and um, uh, many of you have gotten it already, and if you haven't gotten one, you can see me. Um, but uh, we're going to go through the Bible study, and we're going to have a good time. God is going to help us to be better people, isn't he? Amen. I, I appreciate what, what we've been able to do with the help of the Lord this month by taking Sunday nights on the most part and making small groups out of them. And this will continue in December also. We will be doing the same thing. Uh, ladies, you'll be having a meeting. I believe it's next week. And, of course, youth will be having a meeting. And then men will be meeting again at the end of the month. But in between that, we're going to be having a praise and worship service, I believe, on the 20th. Um, of December, and we're going to try to highlight a lot of Christmas music, that type of thing. And then on that, th that Thursday, of course, uh, of that week, uh, Christmas Eve, we're going to be having a very, very special uh, candlelight Christmas Eve service. Amen. If, 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 if things aren't shut down, we're still going to have it here in Jesus' name. We do thank you for being compliant to the mask order and that type of thing. A lot of this is helping us to continue to do the things that God wants us to do, even in the midst of this pandemic. We can make it work, folks. Amen. 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 God can do anything, anywhere, anyhow. 
praise God. We just need to, 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 to exercise sometimes getting a little bit out of the box. And so in December, we're going to continue on small groups, and we're going to trust the Lord for some great things to happen. we got a good lineup for next year. We're already making some plans for some things to happen, you know, God willing, um, in, in 2021. And so you continue to make your plans to come in Jesus' name. Those of you that are online with us, we appreciate you tuning in. We hope that you will come and visit us, praise God. There's nothing like the direct presence of the Lord. I'm not saying that there isn't anything that can happen in a person's home. Uh, the Bible says where there are two or three gathered in His name. So you must understand, God isn't restricted. He isn't. But I understand as a human being, there's lots of times in my life that I need help. And God supplies that help. Not personally, He'll take somebody like you who's got faith in God. And you'll be standing in a place like this and you'll be lifting up your hands no matter what kind of a week you had. And you'll begin to praise God and you'll begin to lift Him up. And folks, you don't know the inspiration that comes off of you when you begin to do that. The point I'm making is that God, yes, He could do everything Himself, but He chooses not to. He chooses to use the apostolic church. He chooses to use people like you and I, praise God, to lift one another up and to encourage one another in Jesus' name. And so take that opportunity. I'm telling you folks, there's nothing like what God is doing in these last days. I saved you one, uh, Sister Carnahan. Um, we have um, uh, our, our monthly periodical, which is Pentecostal Life. It's a magazine that our, the organization that I'm licensed through, the United Pentecostal Church International, puts it out, and it is an absolute great ma uh, uh, periodical. It has relevant lessons and, and, and articles. I mean, you can just be fed tremendously by reading it. The only thing we ask you to do, we've got some out front. We get a bundle of them every month, which is 12 of them, and so they're for you. The only thing we ask you to do is don't throw it away. Give it to somebody else. Let it go on and on and on. We've even got people in this church now that are taking some of our old ones and taking them to dentist offices, taking them to doctor's office. Why not? Man, you talk about people that sometimes can be in a low moment. Has anybody been, ever been happy about going to the dentist? If I can get your name, we're going we're gonna to commit you, is what we're going to... No, I'm just kidding. But most people aren't. They're not happy about being in doctor's offices and things like that. So why not have something in there that could inspire them, that could maybe point them in a direction, maybe could open up their eyes to the fact that maybe things aren't going real well in their life right now, but with the help of God, things can begin to happen in Jesus' name. Come on, can you say Amen. Praise God. There's a little bit of doom and gloom in here today. That doesn't bother me. It's going to be gone here before this service is over. But I'm still believing. Come on. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Amen. He is. There's no question about it. He is on the throne. Praise God. And he's excited because you and I are living in the time where we could see the very soon coming of the Lord. Amen. And so this is what the church is anticipating, praise God, we're getting ready for. And we're believing God for a tremendous uh, a harvest, you know, uh, at, at, the, at the end of this age, praise God. Amen. One time Jesus referred to it that at the end of the world, the angels were going to come and make a gathering. That word world there doesn't mean the terra firma here. It's talking about the word age. That's what the Greek word is. And so we're coming to the end of the church age. That's what's happening. That doesn't mean the world is going to be blown away and all that kind of business because we still got a thousand years of rain, praise God, that Jesus is going to rain down here on the earth. And then after that, praise God, there's going to be a white throne judgment and then there's going to be eternity, praise God. And so this, we're not talking about the destruction of the world. We're talking about a shift that God is going to end an age, praise God, and there has always been excitement when that happens, praise God. Maybe this year I'll begin to do a little bit of prophetic teaching, praise God, because we need to be ready for this, folks. We need to be ready for what the Lord is doing, praise God. In this periodical, there's Brother Bernard's message. We heard it here at the church, uh, or I should say we heard it online because our, our general conference was done online this year, and it was a a beautiful message. I mean, it really was timely and that type of thing. But I've heard this about three or four times already in the last year, a prophecy that had gone forth months 
months before the pandemic had um, come into full force in this country, praise God. You must understand, God knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. And you must understand, a lot of things, a lot of times people get mixed up by this. They think that God is sending pestilences and God is sending diseases and, and all of that kind of business because he's mad at people. No, you must understand, a lot of that is a result of our sin. That's why we have this stuff that's going on right now. Praise God. We don't, you don't need to be blaming God for this. But you must understand that God will use it. Amen. God will use it. You know, one of the histories that you can study on a regular basis, and I do, is the history of the nation of Israel. And in the Old Testament, that's who God predominantly, you know, focused on. Now, people, a lot of people were saved through that avenue, but nevertheless, God used the, uh, the nation of Israel as kind of a template. And what you'll find in Israel's life is a lot in our life. They were up and they were down, up and they were down. And you know something? You check it out for yourself. When they would live for God, when they would serve Him, that didn't mean all, mean all of their problems would go away, but they, they were far, far better off when they did that. But unfortunately, they were human beings like a lot of us, you know, like all of us. And what would happen is they would venture away from God, and then they would fall into sin, and they would fall into all of the repercussions that come with that. Amen. And they were like us. Then they would blame God. God, why are you doing this to me? And God wasn't doing it to them. They were doing it to themselves. You've heard the cliche of shooting yourself in the foot. Man, some of us have done that so many times, I don't know how we can walk. It's the truth. Now listen, I'm not trying to be mean or facetious here. I'm trying to make a point. You must understand, a lot of the, the, the evil and, and all of the things that are happening because of that are because of our sinful natures. That's what's happening. And so what's God trying to do? He's going to throw away the whole thing? No. He's trying to reach people. And so he will use that. That's what he will use. But there was a prophecy that, that, that Brother Bernard brought forth, and I want to read it to you. And I thought it, it's very, very timely, in my opinion, today. And the reason I preface this is I want you to understand, especially those of you online, God is not mean. God is not unreal and, and unrealistic. God is a merciful, kind God who the Bible says is not willing that any should perish but that all would come to repentance. And so you must understand, that's his motive. His motive is not to destroy people, but to bring people into the kingdom of God. And folks, I'm, I got red blood flowing through my veins. I found that out on, on Thursday when we gave blood. I looked over at my wife and she was given blood and I said, mine's red, how about yours? <laughs> but you know, because I got red blood, I think a lot like you do. And you know something? When I really truly began to make what I would call concerted efforts to come to God. Now God was trying to get a hold of me for years, folks. He was. I didn't know that until after I came to Him. But when I decided to make some real concerted efforts to come to God, it wasn't at a high time. It wasn't because the tide was running over the, you know, the banks and stuff like that. It was at a very low time in my life. And so that's why I've recognized that most human beings, when they're going to come to God, it's because something maybe not so good is happening in their life. And a lot of times what that does is that causes us to pause. In the book of Psalms, I think it's over 70 times the word selah is used. And it's a Hebrew word that means, it's kind of a musical term is what it is in its essence, but one of the meanings of it is to pause and to reflect. And this is what our world needs. And believe me, folks, there's a lot of folks out there that are doing that now. Amen. This COVID thing isn't going away like we thought it would. We only thought this thing would be around for a couple of weeks, and then we'd be just right back doing what we were doing. Now listen, I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. I'm not here to condemn. I'm just here to say we got some real issues, praise God. But we also have an almighty God who can do anything, praise God. I'm telling you right now, he wants to save people. He wants to bring people closer to them. If you're here today and you're hearing this message, that's exactly what he's trying to do. He's not trying to run you off. He's not trying to embarrass you. He's not trying to make you look bad to your neighbors. He's trying to bring you into the kingdom. That's what God is doing. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. If we'll quit resisting and we'll start yielding to what God is doing, I'm telling you something. 
There's somebody here that can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost right here in this service, right here, right now. You don't have to wait because I'm telling you, God has pulled all the stops for this age. He has made His love available. He has made His Spirit available. He has made forgiveness available. He has made His power available. I'm telling you right now, that's God. That's what He's doing, praise God. And so if you're at a low point in your life, why don't you just kind of pause and reflect? And how's that going for you? Come on, is there a lot of repeat of that going on in your life? I'm not here to point at you. I'm saying that was me. And I still have my low points. I still have my ebbs and flows. But believe me, they're not near as deep as they used to be. And so this is what God is doing in the hour you and I are living in. He is reaching for people. And He's using churches like this one. Over the internet. In homes. In nursing homes. In hospitals. Anywhere that people are at. Praise God. God is using His church to reach and to help people understand that there is a gospel message that goes beyond a COVID pandemic. It goes beyond a cancer. It goes beyond any kind of depression. I'm here to tell you. Though I just I just found it just right there there is a depression in here and I want to pray against that in the name of Jesus this is not your fault ma'am this is not your fault sir this is a depression that's trying to get a hold of you and we're going to curse it we're going to command it to go and you're going to have freedom not only to lift up your hands but to give him praise come on let's do it right now together oh yes oh my goodness I'm telling you right now, in the name of Jesus, I come against it, God. You said we could. You said in your name, we got power. You said in your name, we could be victorious. You said in your name, we could rise above it. And I pray right now, whoever is, all of them, Lord God, right now, I come against that depression, and I replace it with joy. I replace it with peace. I replace it with mercy. I replace it with grace. Right now, in the name of Jesus, let let it flood. Let it flood, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, into every crevice, every crack. Let it go into every mind right now. Let it set the captive free. I command that in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you right now, you are set free. You are set free. Oh, yes. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord God. Yes, yes. Now, come on, everybody in here, if you got two arms and a voice, lift them up right now. Come on, lift them up. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody. Let's make it unanimous. Let's trust the Lord. Let's have confidence in Him. My, 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 my. Hallelujah, Jesus. He sets the captive free. And this is our, our invitation every day. He never promised me a rose garden, as the country song says. He didn't. He didn't tell me one time that I'd never have any more problems. He just told me that he would be there with me. He just told me that he would come into me in a special way called the baptism of the Holy Ghost that would make all the difference in the world. That's what God is doing. This is the thing that he is. That, in my opinion, is the greatest, the greatest miracle on this side of heaven. Come on, you can talk about cancers being removed and the COVID virus being ejected from somebody's home. And I know that's a good thing. Don't misunderstand me. But somebody receiving his spirit, his spirit, God joining in with us, praise God. What an offer, praise God, that he's making. Amen. I'm going to speak about that for a few minutes this morning, praise God. But let me read this. This was a, was a, um, a prophecy that was brought to Brother Bernard. Brother Bernard now is our general superintendent. He's the one who leads the organization called the United Pentecostal Church International and has been used very greatly of God for timely messages. And during his message at our, our last general conference, he came across with, with this prophecy. And I've heard this prophecy in like four different versions. I mean, pretty much says the same thing. 
thing, but I've heard it from four different sources. And so I believe that this is what's happening in our hour. It says here, he says, the prophecy went like this. It says, my friend, I will send a devastation on the United States, the like of which has never been experienced. Now that scares us, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You know, the Bible says the devastation will come with destruction multiplied times over and the people will tremble. I will do this, now listen to this, I will do this to bring the nation to its knees. Even the kings of the earth shall be clothed in fear. The entire population of the United States will then know the pass of treachery. Their leaders have traveled to destroy the faith of so many. Whether you believe it or not, folks, there are factions in this, in this country that want to tear down apostolics. They want to do away with some of the stuff that you and I have taken for granted for years. Again, I'm not criticizing. I'm just pointing out. And you must understand, a lot of times God will allow things like what's going on right now so that these kind of things will come to the surface. So people will begin to see what is really going on. Listen, I thank God that I had the privilege to vote. I thank God that I had the privilege to vote. But I'll tell you something even millions of times greater than that. I thank God that I have the ability to pray. Come on, folks. I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to quit praying just because somebody didn't get elected that I didn't like. Come on, this is what I'm talking about. God is bringing these things. And he's saying in this prophecy that the entire population will know. It'll see it. Now, whether or not they'll accept it or not is one thing, but they're going to see it in Jesus' name. Praise God. And it says, My people who are called by my name will be tried severely. That's us, folks. It says, But my purpose will be to show myself to be their God even before I come to gather them to me. But the end is not yet. This will take place just prior to my return, and I will use this devastation to cause many spiritual prodigals who have turned away from me to return and reconsecrate their lives to me, and many who have left the love of righteousness and the gospel to realign their principles. Also, I will bring multitudes. Somebody say multitudes. Shouted at me, multitudes to know me, because at that time there will be a revelation that all men everywhere will know that I am the only God. Do you see that, folks? Now, come on, that's why you got to take that kind of a prophecy and you got to quit editing out the good stuff. Now, come on, or the stuff that you don't want to hear you got to realize, like the scripture says, all things together work for the good. And God is interested in every human being on the earth today. He is. And that's why he will allow things to shake our world. Praise God. And it's not for our devastation. It's so that you and I will come closer to him than we ever have before in the name of Jesus. Now, come on, lift up your hands right now and ask the Lord to help you with that. Come on, those of you that are home right now, lift up your hands right now. Ask the Lord to use things like this to bring you closer to him not further away, not to get upset and mad at God, but to say, God, help me to come closer to you. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Yes. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your grace, for your peace, for your joy in the Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I understand that I've been doing a little bit of preaching here along with teaching. I understand that. But you must understand, the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing, piercing, even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and mire, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the Lord. God's piercing some things through us now. That's what He's doing. He's not going to wait for the veneer to disappear. He's going to pierce it through that veneer. That's what He's going to do. Oh, hallelujah. That's why apostolic preaching is one of the greatest gifts that God gives to us. 
It really is, folks, because at one time it can affect millions of people in Jesus' name. And I'm not just talking about this particular message or what I'm doing here this morning. I'm talking about what God is doing all the time. This is what he's doing. Listen, sir, you're going to have to learn to shake yourself. Bible says when Paul was on a ship for two weeks, he didn't even see the sun. I'm talking about an apostolic. He's out there in an oracleden. And the Bible says that ship was being tossed and, and, and thrown all over the place. And all he was trying to do is preach to people. But, but the Bible says an angel appeared to him in the midst of that storm and said, Don't worry, Paul. If they'll stay on this boat, praise God, I'll save them all. And that's what they did. You know, when they got close to the shore, when, it was, when the time was right, the ship just disintegrated. But all of those people, 200 and some odd people, were able to make it to the shore and to be saved. That's how God did it, you know. He used that ship until the last minute, praise God. But here's what I want you to understand. The first night, man, they're trying to build a fire. They're trying to get warm. And so Paul goes out and he's collecting some wood. And the Bible says that there was a viper, a poisonous snake, that came and latched itself to Paul. And right away, man, the, po the people thought, oh, man, this is vengeance serving out its term here, you know. And they thought he was a hardened criminal and that type of thing. But you know what Paul did with that snake? And this is what some of you need to learn to do. Praise God, with the help of God. He just shook that thing in the fire. That's why come to church. Get in the red-hot prayer meeting. Get into a red-hot raising your hands and lifting up to God. And just shake some things into the fire. Come on, that's what you can do. Oh, it doesn't mean everything's going to go away. It just means that you can do that. Praise God. Amen. And I know some of, you know some of you rookies, I know this has taken your breath away. It did me too. When I first met you folks and, and saw how excited you were getting about church, my goodness, my idea of church was, I hope it's not too long. My goodness. Yes. I'm telling you folks, that was my idea until God helped me to understand that he comes to some churches, that he begins to fill some people with the Holy Ghost, and that makes all the difference in the world. And if you got the Holy Ghost here today, you ought to be shaking some things into the fire. Come on, that's what you ought to be doing. Oh, hallelujah. My goodness. It's the truth, folks. It is. It's, it's the design of God. Now, come on, let's get real here. That doesn't mean you walk around with a plastic smile on your face. It just means that you know you can overcome anything. With his help, you can overcome anything. And I'll tell you, the, one of the best ways that you can, you can understand is by having it happen to you. Praise God. When I got filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke in tongues that Sunday night, I went to, to work on a Monday morning, and I had a whole bunch of folks telling me it wasn't true. Well, I'll tell you something. They came too late because it happened to me in the name of Jesus. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. God wants you to have an experience. God wants you to know. He wants you to know some things. Amen. And that's how he does it. He, he, he gets you to know some things by allowing you to go through some things. That's what he does. And so once you get that picture, you don't have to be afraid of anything. Come on, as long as you live for God and let him be in charge, I'm telling you something, folks. You might go through a little low time. You know, that tide's going to go out. I understand that. It's just the way of the world. But praise God, you can understand that with God, you can withstand anything in Jesus' name. Amen. And so this is what he's doing, praise God, in this hour. He's bringing this to a culmination, I guess is what the word is. You know, the age is coming to a close. Amen. And so with that, there's going to be some exciting things that will happen. But I, I've, I've, already, I've already set my mindset to the fact that it ain't going to happen the way I'd like it to. That's why I'm not writing any books about the last days, folks. Uh-uh. I'm just going to take this one. And let him show me some things in this book. Praise God. Instead of coming up with my own little way of doing it. Come on, that's what religion has been doing real hefty around our culture for years. And I'm not here again to criticize, but there's one Bible. There's one truth. There's one God. There's one spirit. I'm telling you right now, once you tap into that, there is just no, there's, there's nothing that even comes close to that. And so this is what God is doing. He's helping us to understand that through a lot of the events and circumstances that are happening in our lives. 
And so, again, I'm not just saying this because of the COVID. There's plenty of other junk out there that's happening to folks. There really is. And so we can reach people. We can help people understand, praise God, that, 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 that things can change. There really is two things that, that I'm going to center on here today for the, maybe the remainder of this that really need to change on a regular basis in our lives. One of them is called perspective. Perspective. I don't know what you think about perspective, but it's important. Perspective is just very simply how you look at things. And a lot of times our perspective comes from our experiences. Amen. And I'm not here to condemn them. I'm just saying a lot of times it's not God's perspective. It's our perspective. And so God got, has got to help us with that. One of the things that's found in the New Testament, it's not even found in the Old Testament, I think it's 31 times you can find the word conscience. Conscience. Amen. And the word, you know, the, 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 the Greek meaning of the word means co-perspective. See, God wants to come alongside of you in your innermost being. He's not trying to be a mind reader. He's not trying to force you to do things you don't want to. He just wants to help you. And one of the areas that he helps us is in the area called the co-perspective. God comes along and helps us not to fray and, and unravel. Come on, there's a lot of that going on. There just is, and myself included. You know, I mean, people are going not only from zero to 60, they're going from zero to 120 now. It don't take three seconds to get people ticked off. And I'm not here to, to be the cause of that. I'm just here to say it's happening. And so you and I, we got to get a handle on this. It's not going to work if we keep going by our own perspective because we're going to miss it. That's what we're going to do. And I'm not here to blame. I'm just here to say, you and I don't have to miss anything. We can get into this Bible. We can get our perspectives corralled, if I can put it that way. And this is what God really, 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 really wants to do in Jesus' name. You know, the word perspective, listen to this. I looked it up the other day. It means a peculiar attitude towards or way of regarding something. It's how you look at it. It goes on to say a point of view. So people's perspectives are important. I understand that. You can't just come into somebody's kitchen and take a Bible out of your briefcase and shove it down their throat. That's not how God told us to do it. So what's got to happen? Our point of view has to begin to change. First of all, one of our big perspectives is we're in charge. What's the word? Not. You might think you're in charge, but man alive, you ain't any more in charge than I am. But you know, wait a minute. We'll let it all unravel, and then, okay, God, come and fix this. Isn't that the pattern we get into? And again, I'm not finding fault. I'm just telling you how we operate. And that's got to change. It's got to, because you and I, not with even the help of the devil, you and I can get ourselves into a bunch of trouble in a hurry. Now I'm, I'm, try, I'm really trying to get through that veneer right now. I'm trying to, with the help of God, with that word, to put, get it right through that layer you got. Because this is the truth. And I'm here to tell you the good news is that your perspective can change. It can I, I taught a lesson. I got it out the other day, and I was looking it over, and I thought maybe I'll, I'll run over some points today if I got time. And, and, I, and, and the name of the lesson was an offer that you shouldn't refuse. And what the lesson is about is it's about the Holy Ghost, that God has made you and I, everybody, an offer to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And in my opinion, that's one of the only sure ways that we're ever going to change or corral our perspective is to have that co-perspective with us all the time. And I'm not talking about God giving us a lobotomy. I'm talking about God coming alongside and with your permission. And that's number two. Perspective has to change, and you and I need to start giving God permission right away. Those are two things right there. If you'll, and I, I, got, I got about four or five more I can give you, but no, I'm going to center on those two right here today. I got about 10 minutes left here. And those are the areas that if you'll begin to search with God's help, 
See, the Bible says in the 17th chapter of the book of Jeremiah that the heart, and that's the human heart, not the devil's heart. The human heart is evil. It's deceivable. And that's what's happening to a lot of people at a very rampant rage, that people are being deceived. And the one thing that God doesn't want you to be is deceived. He wants you to have a clear understanding of what's going on. That's why His Word is so very important to you every day. Not just when you're looking for something that can help you, but every day as you go through that Bible, His co-perspective comes alongside of you and begins to highlight His Word in your life. And that begins to help us to make changes. And that's what we have to do, praise God. Our perspective, our view on things has to change on a regular basis. And we need God's view. You know, the scripture says in the second chapter of the book of Ephesians, you can check it out yourself. One of the things, that, the, the positions that you will find with the church, no other um, uh, dispensation, but you will find with the church is you will find their position is a sitting position. When they get to heaven, they're sitting. And I don't know if you know anything about that. We really don't because of our democracy and some of the ways that our culture operates. But that's a position of authority. That's a position of awe. When God puts you in a position that you can sit with him, oh boy, lots of things can happen. Amen. And the scripture says in the second chapter of the book of Ephesians to further enunciate this is that he lets us to sit in heavenly places. That's God. Now, what we would like to do, my perspective, William, I want to stay there. First time, second, maybe first or second time, I come into one of you guys' services and you guys are acting like, like this. I said, let's just stay here. I got a good job at Deers, but man, that ain't nothing compared to this. Let's just have church 24-7. That was my perspective. And many of you have been helped by God. You have been, God has delivered you. God has given you so many things, but that's where you want to stay. And that's not God's perspective. He did this for you so that the next time it comes around, and then he also did it for you because you got a lot of hurting people out there in your world that need to know something. So you see, this is where we're at. That's the American church. We just want God to, to you know, to, to make it Christmas every day. That's our perspective. And that's what needs to be changed. Amen. You know, David, i got to be careful here. I've got about five messages I want to preach. But David was anointed three times. Let's check it out for yourself. He was anointed in the 16th chapter of the book of 1 Samuel. And then he was anointed again in the 2nd chapter of 2 Samuel. And then in the 5th chapter of 2 Samuel, he is anointed again. And each time it was a different, kind of a different opening. Praise God. But I want you to understand, the first time he got anointed by was, was by Samuel. Man, he, he took a, a, a horn. See, Saul was anointed with a vial. I don't have time to go into the two, but they're different. David was anointed with a horn, and it poured all over him. And his brother's probably looking at, man, alive, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have picked him. He's the scrawny one amongst us. He's the little kid, you know. But no, God knew what he was doing. And I want you to understand, the next chapter, I don't know how many months went by or even, you know, how much time went on, but the next chapter is the 17th chapter of 1 Samuel. Does anybody know what happened in, in the 17th chapter of 1 Samuel? Big guy. Nine-footer. Yeah, that's where you find Goliath. And here comes this anointed boy. Man, he's Muhammad Ali. You know, no. He isn't. But he's just, he's coming, man. He's been anointed. And so he comes into the place. His dad says, take this cheese and crackers down to the boys because they're going to be hungry down there. So he takes them down there. He takes this stuff down there. And he's hearing this ruckus going on. And this big, you know, this big blowhard is out there, man, telling everybody about how big he is. Yeah. And David, man, he just something stirs in him. And I'll tell you what it was, the anointing. He said, who does this guy think he is? And he starts questioning. And his oldest brother... Eliab, I think it was his name, it's an E word, I know that, comes to him and says, hey kid, why don't you go back to the flock, get out of here, this ain't your world. And you know what David said? He said, isn't there a cause 
You ever look that up? Look it up. You know what the word cause means there? Literally, it means word. Don't you guys got the same word I got? My word says that that guy ain't no match to my God. See, that's what you need. You and I need a word from God. But the second one, not perspective, change that one. Work on that one. Look at me and say, I'm going to work on it. Come on, now the rest of you say it. Okay, all right. Perspective. Get God in the midst. Let him give you his view, okay? The second one is permission. See, God isn't going to give you a word unless you give him permission. You, he, he taught. Great, he's the greatest teacher in the United States on our Wednesday nights. Did you know that? Right there. There he is. Some of you are missing it. I don't know why you are. Man, he's a great teacher. And he taught you the, uh, a few weeks back. And he introduced you to a character. All we know him as is the eunuch. Okay? But there is one of the greatest examples of permission in that story. I don't know if you ever saw it before. Give me five minutes, okay? And I'll show it to you. Look at um, the eighth chapter of the book of Acts, and I'll show it to you. I take a little break. I never used to get winded at preaching. Your day's coming. Okay, look at Acts. Look at Acts chapter number 8. And this is where he was bringing in the story of the eunuch. Remember that? And how that um, Philip, the guy who was the evangelist that went to Samaria, and then he ends up out there in, the, in, the, in, the, in Gaza, and um, he's, you know, the Spirit led him to a place. And I want to show you where that was. The Bible says in verse 29, 8 and 29, this is uh, Acts, Acts 8 and 29. It says, then the Spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. So I'm picking it up in the middle of the story. He's out there in, in Gaza, and he, and he knows God sent him there because the anointing is in the Spirit. And all of a sudden, he's looking around, and he's wondering, where should I go? You ever wondered that? Well, who should I teach a Bible study to? Who's ready? Well, come on. If you'll get your perspective with the co-perspective, and you'll start giving God permission on a regular basis... God will lead you to somebody. He will do that. I was talking to a couple of brothers back there before the service today, today um, and they, all of us all agreed that this week God connected us with somebody. Can the two brothers say amen? amen. Yeah, it happens. Did we ask for that? No, God just did that. And that's what he wants to do for every one of you. He wants to give you people, people who are ready. See, this guy was ready. And so Philip didn't know who he was. He didn't know wh which one. But all of a sudden, the Spirit says, go near the chariot. Kind of sounds like the Holy Ghost, doesn't it? And the Bible says, and Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah. And the Bible says, and said, understandest thou what thou readest? I think that's a pretty good question. He says, you're reading that book, and I know, I mean, he wasn't a know-it-all, but he said, do you understand what you're reading? And the Scripture says, here comes the invitation. The Bible says, and he said, how can I accept some man should guide me? And the Bible says, and he, here it is, here's permission. And he desired. The word literally means in the Greek, he invited. Come on, that one should be as clear as day to every one of you. When was the last time you invited God to have his say? When was the last time you, you invited God you see, one of the problems is, is your perspective. You think you're the one that's in charge. You think you're the one that, that matters most in the world. That one needs to change. And as soon as that one changes, you'll get a good look at who God is and what the condition of the rest of the world is, and then pretty soon you're going to give God permission, hey, come on, I want to help. And so the scripture says he invited him, Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And just like the Holy Ghost... Is there a cause? Is there a cause? Come on, what was, what was the meaning of that word cause? Is there a word? Well, of course there was. 
Here this guy is reading out of the book of Isaiah. And the place in the scripture where he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. He's reading this. You can find this for yourself in the 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah, verses 7 and 8. That's where he was reading. Now, it doesn't exactly read that way, but it's, it's the same message, okay? Interpretations, that's what happens sometimes. But the point of it is, this guy's reading about this person, and here's his question. This question is, in his humiliation, in verse 34, let's go to verse 34, Sister Carnahan. It says, and the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh this prophet, this of himself or of some other man? He's saying, who's this guy talking about? Oh, you talk about an invitation. Anybody wants to know about Jesus, I'll be more than glad to tell them. Now you can understand why some of the things are happening in your life. It's not so that you will have some, some great experiences, but so that you'll have the experience, and that is so you will know Him. If you ever want to read something interested, interesting, read the third, third, I believe it's the third chapter of the book of Philippians. When Paul was given his little disarray, how he gave everything away. And he said, I, I, wanna, I just wanted God. That is a cool reading. I've read that hundreds of times. And I want that to be applied to my life. But I understand in order for that to happen, I've got to change my perspective on a regular basis. And I've got to give God permission to do what he wants to do. So, let me just sum it up here. Because there was a word... Because there was a cause. Amen. There became permission. And so if you'll give God permission, he'll put a word in you. Now let me, let me shorten this a little bit because I've, I've got about an hour Bible study I could give you on the whole thing. But you must understand, you and I aren't familiar with eunuchs. We're not. But they were people that were used, and I don't want to get into the graphics here, what, what they did to them, but they basically rendered them not useful in some areas, okay? And it was an embarrassment. I mean, it was an honor for some because they didn't have a good life, but it was an embarrassment. And really what was in the back of this guy's mind was, I'm reading about this God, and my perspective is, he really doesn't want much to do with me. Man, you talk about hitting a vein. I don't know if it's up there on that screen or if it's in here but I just hit a vein with somebody. That's your part of your perspective. You're going, why would God even care about me? Why would God want anything to do with me? And I'm going to tell you something right now, after 40, 40 many years of, of, of serving God, trying to do my best, I still fall into that trap. I still some days, after screwing up a couple of times, going, God, why do you even put up with me? Why do you want me? And I gotta shake myself. I gotta take that serpent that gets around my hand and I gotta shake him into the fire. And I gotta realize, praise God, it's because he loves me. Because he cares for me. That's the perspective I've got to keep. And I'm not gonna be able to keep that one on my own. I need his help. And that's what he has designed to do through his Holy Ghost. That's why if you're here resisting the Holy Ghost, you're resisting the best help you could ever get. It's the greatest thing that God will give to you. And you must understand, praise God, God had a word for that eunuch. And it was able to be given to him because he gave somebody permission to show him something. Let me show you what I think was that word. Now, he was reading in the 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah. That's what he was reading. You can check, check it out for yourself. Isaiah 53. But let me tell you, I don't think that's where it all stopped. The 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah is a tremendous chapter because it talks about our Lord and how he was crucified and how he was rejected. He was beaten and all that kind of business. But here's what I want to show you. I don't believe that's where they stopped. This is one of the places I believe they got to because of permission. Look at Isaiah 55. No, not 55. Yeah, 55. No, not 55. 56. Look at... And you've got to understand, this man had a perspective that he probably wasn't worth much. 
And look at the cause here, folks. Look at Isaiah 56 and verse number 4. You talk about a direct word. For thus saith the Lord. To who? I'm going to tell you right now, that was a direct word. And that's what that man needed. And the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbaths and choose the things that please me and take a hold of my covenant. You know what that guy was going to Jerusalem for? He was going up to worship God in the temple. Amen. He was already had some things in his life that were working out. And God wanted him to know through a word that he knew what he was doing. And the Bible says, even unto them will I give, in verse number 5, it says, mine house and within my walls a place and a name better than of sons and daughters, I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Is it any wonder that when, when Philip finally got to Jesus' name, baptism, that the cause or the word that God gave to that Enoch was, you can do this too. And that's why the Bible says they didn't hesitate. Amen. Read the story for yourself, my friend. They didn't hesitate. Well, there's water here. We can do it. Amen. And that's where you find the action of God in Jesus' name. But let me sum it up here real quickly here. Amen. You and I need God's perspective because ours gets a little bit off kilter. Ours gets a little bit too selfish. Ours gets a little bit too far away from God. And we need the Lord in our conscience, our innermost being. We need a co-perspective that will help us to see, praise God, that with giving God permission every day, if you'll learn how to give God permission, Amen. You're going to not only get one word, but you're going to get direction. You're going to find yourself in a Gaza with a, with, a, with, a, with a chariot over there with a guy that's really hungry for God. And God's going to give you a word to give to them in Jesus' name. I'm telling you folks, this is what God is doing in these last days. This is how he's operating in Jesus' name. And it's all because, praise God, he makes all of these things so available to us in Jesus' name. Let's stand here today. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Ladies, I'm not going to be able to have you here tonight. This is going to be a, a men's meeting. And so, you know, I hope your day will go good. But guys, I hope you'll meet me back here, praise God, in the name of Jesus. And we're going to have a good time in the house of the Lord, in Jesus' name. We sang this course before, and let's just sing it again, and let's just see what the Lord wants to do here for the next few minutes, in Jesus' name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor.